Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week we're in Harrison, Montana with Nikki Edmondson of Canty Boots. Nikki's sharing how a custom pair of boots she made for herself turned into an international business. She talks about the importance of trademarking, working hard to get into the right stores and trade shows, and the challenges of finding help. So here we go with Nikki Edmondson. All right. Well, we're here in Harrison, Montana with Nikki Edmondson of Canty Boots. Nikki, Hello. thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. This is great. Well, tell us a little bit about you. Are you from this area originally? I'm originally from Butte, um, so 50 miles from here. Um, born and raised and uh, basically came out this way because I, I met a cowboy in college. So I knew that we were destined for rural Montana, but um, Harrison is where he's always wanted, you know, to come back to. So that's why we're here. When did this idea for Candy Boots come into the picture? Um, it's, it's almost been nine years since I cut my first boot. Um, and basically I picked up a pair of antique old vintage, um, eel skin boots from an antique store and, I was wearing them. They were great, but they were just rubbing all the time in the calf. And I took them into a boot stretcher and they said, you know, eel skin won't stretch. It'll just tear. And basically I was out of luck. So I, I cut them and rolled them down and decorated them terribly. I I will admit, but, um, terribly, but, uh, I wore them into town and everybody was so intrigued by them, men and women, you know, Oh, what are those boots? Uh, everybody was asking. And I, I just felt like, you know, as women, you get complimented on an item, you know, once, but when it's multiple and especially if it's something you've made, it was just kind of a light bulb moment to, I think I could sell these. Yeah. So, so how did you come up with the name? I'm curious. So Canty, um, again, I have to turn to my husband for that. He, when I was making the boots, I had opened an Etsy store and Etsy prompted me to name my storefront. So you can't just sell something. They want you to have a, have a name of your business on Etsy. And I didn't have a name. I I had been making the boots without a name. And I asked my husband, Tucker, you know, what should I name them? And I was coming up with all the cheesy things like reboot. And, um, I, I mean, just funny kind of the, the obvious things. And he's like, look up the word canty. And, it's an adjective that means lively, upbeat, and in good spirit. So I, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. And, um, that's, it just stuck. And now, you know, it went from canty boots to canties. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great. So people started recognizing them. You decided maybe this is a thing. How did you build your business? Um, right in the beginning, the first step that I took actually was protecting the name. Um, so I trademarked the name and it was actually before I, before I trademarked anything else, I went that route and it was, it was very smart because right away I had a big shoe company try to use the name and it was, it was really scary, you know, being so small. I had only made a couple thousand dollars at this, at this point. And I thought, oh, this is so scary. I'm getting, I'm going after a company owned by Warren Buffett. Um, and, but it, it was fine. I mean, I, I had done all the paperwork, everything was legit. And so it ended up kind of proving to me that 
this this process really does work and we were able to you know fight them and win and then right after that I started trademarking my designs and so I think that those were really important um, foundations in the business because when you're starting to create something that's artistically or the design is so different it's going to catch on at some point it's going to catch on and I knew it would I think I've just been really lucky to have had so much time from when I protected it to I really didn't have anything there was really no competition for a long time so I was able to really gain some momentum but everything in between it was just getting into stores and working hard to get into good trade shows and you know obviously advertising and promoting the boots but the I think the foundation of a good like good business moves was the legal stuff. That's great advice. So was your initial strategy that you were going to do wholesale and have other stores sell your boots or was it custom one-offs? So yeah, everything was always going to be one of a kind and I I I was really I've always stuck to that and I've really that's been really important to me. I had like Amazon approach me to do you know, 10 of each, they wanted me to do a drop down menu. And I just, Amazon's so huge. And of course that was a great opportunity, but it takes away from what I do. Um, I just wasn't interested in that, but I, somebody once told me in the beginning, you know, you, you choose wholesale or you choose retail, but it's really hard to do both. And I have done both. Um, but retail is better for me. And really consignment in stores works too, you know, they're, they are one of a kind. So why, if I can send the boots to a store and do it on consignment and then there's no risk to the store, we both win. So for me, that's, you know, that's kind of the, I would say more of what I do. Yeah. So now that you've established yourself more, what shows do you go to and, and where can people find your boots if they're out shopping? Yeah. Um, you know, the NFR Cowboy Christmas is the number one. That's always in December. It's two weeks. I meet so many people. We sell a ton of boots. Um, it's very, it's just, it's huge for, it's huge for this business. Um, and then everything beyond that is mostly trunk shows. So I'll try to get into a store and sometimes they're like, oh, I don't know. And and I'll just say, let me come out there. Let's do a trunk show and let's see if this works. And you just know right away if it's going to work. So I do a lot of trunk shows um, throughout the year, but it is stores that carry my boots right now. Um, Vale, Aspen and Las Vegas, they're in a store called Kimosabi. So there's the three locations and they're, it's a really high end Western store. It's beautiful. And they're very big on one of a kind too. So they have all the one of a kind hats and then of course my boots. So it really works there. Um, and then they're in Nashville in a store called Moo Country, which is also in Red Lodge, Montana. Um, they're in a store in LA called Inland and then, um, a few stores throughout Montana that, you know, local, semi-local to, to where I am. Now your boots have been worn by Victoria's Secret Angels and a list of celebrities. When was it that things started to reach that level? Um, a hundred percent Kimosabi. So as soon as I, as soon as I was able to get Kimosabi to give me a chance, which it's another story, but basically I tried for three years and they were turning me down and, you know, saying, no, not at this time, or, you know, we're not interested. And I just kept hounding them because I knew just by being in their store that it spoke to me and that I, I could literally visualize my boots on their shelves. And I just was waiting until they 
really the quality of my boots had to grow too. You know, just everything is an evolution. And if they had taken me in the beginning, this story wouldn't be as successful because the boots just didn't have the quality that they have now. So by the time they were ready for me and I was ready for them, as soon as that happened and the boots were in their stores, it was like Victoria's Secret and Katy Perry and all those things happen because they're they're in those hot spots, Aspen Vale, Vegas. They have that those people aren't driving through Harrison. Right. You know? So it's <laughs> it was it was just we both we both win when, you know, they they get these great boots. I send them, I kind of skim the cream. I send them really beautiful rare vintage boots. And then these people come in and it's it's awesome. That is great. And you have clients now from all over the world. So what does it mean to you to be able to do that from rural Montana? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, going, you know, I've gone on two trips out of the country. I went to Australia this year. I went to Dubai last year. And it's crazy to think that making these boots in my garage, because at the time I was in my garage, could lead to, you know, world travel and yeah, shipping, shipping boots. I ship boots internationally all the time. And it's, it's very humbling to write, you know, Australia on the box or New Zealand, or there's so many countries I sent the boots to that. I just think this is crazy. And I still feel the same joy doing it now that I have, you know, every sale, every, every boot, pair of boots that we pack up, there's so much joy in sending them to that destination. So tell us a little bit about some of the custom orders that you get just looking through your website. A lot of them have nostalgia attached to them or like a special story. So what have been some of your favorites? Okay, I'll probably get emotional, but um, it's it's really great. So I've had um, one, a couple of years ago, I had a, a girl write me and she had recently bought, lost both her grandma and grandpa and she was getting married so she asked if she could send her grandfather's boot tops and her grandmother's belt. And so we took her boot bottoms, her grandpa's boot tops, and then we wrapped them with her grandma's belt. And I believe she also sent me like a little, um, it was like a pin that we were able to also put onto the belt. And she, they were so beautiful. They turned out, I mean, they were just so special. But then she also wrote me after the wedding and said that, um, that she felt like her grandparents were with her and that she was walking with them. And it was just really special. Like, again, you know, when you're ma- when you're making boots and you're making these, I, I mean, they're very artistic and beautiful, but when they have that element of special, it's, it makes my whole day. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And then just the other day I made a pair for a girl whose father passed away. I went to high school with her and her dad passed away. Oh, it was like eight or nine years ago but she saved all of his boots and she brought six pair over and she said, I just want you to, you know, you create it, you mix and match whatever you feel. And so we took her boot bottoms and we took three of her dad's boot tops and we were able to sew like a part of his boot top onto a strap. And then there was a custom message on the inside that said made especially for, and then her dad's name. And we cut that out, sewed it on. And she was, she's, actually coming today to pick them up, but she wrote me and she was very, very emotional. You know, it's, it's those boots would have sat on the shelf for the next 20 years, but now she'll wear them. Yes. It's it's great. Well, you say on your Instagram a lot, like send us your boots and we'll make your candies. So what's that process like for someone to send in their boots and 
Yeah. So we want people to send us their boots because we know they fit. So I'm, you know, my presence is mostly online and it's really hard to buy boots in general, shoes online. People are very hesitant to do so. Um, so if they send me their boots, it's, it's a given they fit and we, we will, we get the boots. We just want you to put your name, email, phone number inside the boots on paper We get them, we start a round of design and we text and send you pictures and say, you know, do you approve of these? If they approve, we invoice. If they don't, we go back to the drawing board and we redesign them again. So there's no surprise. It's definitely like you pay when you love the boots and, um, yeah, it's $150 and plus shipping and, uh, it's about two week turnaround. Wow. That's pretty fast Mm -hmm. actually. Mm Mm-hmm. So how have you had to expand and grow your business as your popularity has grown? Well, we spent, you know, seven years, I was a year or two in my house in a room and then we moved out to the garage and I was in half the garage and then I took up the whole garage and kicked my husband out with all of his toys and (laughs) snowmobiles and, um, and now, you know, as of June, we are in our own building that we built from the ground up and we have a showroom that's always ready. You know, the boots are always size organized, ready to roll. And then we have the the production room that boots come in. We know, you know, they move from shipping and receiving to being cut, to being sewn, to being finished, to being inventoried. And so that's the biggest change because now we have this great flow and we can, that's why we can turn boots around faster. Um, just as the demand has grown, we've had to make these changes and this, this was a huge change. It was like, uh, I had to go to the bank and ask, you know, like, I've never done that. I've never in all these years of business, I've never, it's all been just with what I had. So that was really scary, but also really exciting. And I felt hundred percent it was right. And I, you know, it's, it's been amazing so far. So that's, I'm excited for you. Thank you. Any idea how many boots you've done up to this point? Uh, thousands. Um, we do about 45 to 50 pairs a week. So about 200 pairs a month. Um, so, you know, we've made thousands of boots and that's, and that's, you know, not counting, you know, some of the customs that's mostly like the retail. So it's, I mean, it's just in the thousands. I wish I've, I had kept track. It would have been really interesting, Uh but you just don't know until you know yeah. to, to do those things. Where do you find your inspiration to come up with new designs? And Oh, um, when I travel, I love to go, like, for example, I was just in Aspen and I walked up to the Ralph Lauren store and just gawked in the windows at, you know, the beautiful, the way that he brings in like old vintage throwback materials with denim and does this patchwork. And so now we're working on some patchwork boots and, um, just really on my travels, I love to window shop and, and then, you know, touch things. And, um, I love antique stores, you know, seeing like old, um, you know, those Mexican blankets and the native American, you know, patterns and beadwork. And I'm always trying to like, you know, find somebody to do beading and find somebody to do tooling. And I've, I'm always reaching out and doing collaborations with other artists. And so other artists just definitely inspire me too. What have been some of the challenges that you've had to overcome as your business has grown and you've kind of spread out in different areas? Um, it's a, a challenge that I think is 
just not, it's always going to be a challenge living in rural Montana is it's really hard to find help, you know, and it's, it's not that there aren't great employable people here, but they're just all employed. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm 20 minutes from three uh, small towns and then I'm 45 minutes from two bigger towns. And I just keep thinking, Oh, I really, it would be ideal if I could get somebody right here in this community, but there's 137 people. (laughs) And so, you know, they're all taken and it's just a fact. So I'm, I'm constantly like looking for somebody to come out here and work. And if I, right now there's just two of us, um, that are here all the time. And then I have somebody that comes in to sew and, but you know, if that's the most challenging thing, cause I know I could easily have two more people on deck and I could keep them busy, but I don't just want anybody, you know, yeah. I want somebody that's like, has the same drive as we do and that wants to work hard. And so we're just being patient and kind of waiting for that to happen. But yeah, that's, that's definitely, you know, rural Montana, you have to, you have to really, I might have to start headhunting. I yeah. might have to go into town and say, what do you make per hour? I'll top it. Let's go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, sorry to other businesses, but that it might come to that. Any hardworking listener who wants to right. move to Harrison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what's your favorite part of the business? Oh, the designing. Um, I, I, I'm out here, you know, I work, I put my kids to bed at nine o'clock and I usually am out here until one 30 in the morning. And it's, I have to force myself to go to bed. Like I'm just enjoying it so much. And I always have that. It doesn't feel like work. I don't feel like I'm being punished. Um, it's, it's just designing every pair of boots that comes, you know, it's every pair is different and it's, you can't duplicate them. So that's so enjoyable as an artist how do you feel like your designs have evolved since you started? Oh, um, you know, in the beginning it was cutting and folding. So we were cutting, I was cutting boots, folding them and, you know, designing them and, or wrapping stuff around them. And now we're actually cutting boot tops off. We're switching boots. So we'll take like a Lou Casey bottom and we'll sew a Tony Lama top on it. Or, you know, like I was saying about grandma's boots or grandpa's boots. Um, there's a lot of mix and matching, which, opens the door to a million more designs. But then on top of that, we've recently started using other materials like, you know, Louis Vuitton bags that I cut up and I'll inlay them into the boot tops or Pendleton blankets or snakeskin. Um, we're just using, I've started doing like beaver, beaver fur tops. So they're like, um, Ugg cowboy boots. Um, they're really cute, but yeah, yeah, we're just, we're just using, I'm just constantly trying to find other elements to add in to, you know, keep ahead of the game, really the boot game. Cause there's so much, there's so much competition and there's so much, um, mirroring. I don't want to use like the, the trigger words, but there's a lot of, you know, it's different from being inspired. It's, you know, it's different. So I definitely want to try to stay ahead of that and be the one that's, you know, out and setting the trend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How's your family involved in this business? Well, um, my husband's a rancher, um, him and his dad are, you know, outside right now, somewhere with the cows, they're always out with the cows. And then I have my thing that's, we're, we're both very supportive of one another, but also I'm a fair weather cowgirl. So I'm a professional gate opener. And after that, I'm not very useful, (laughs) but, um, you know, and he's definitely not out here making boots, but he's, 
he's the one that come Vegas time, ready to roll in December, he loads up my trailer, he drives me down there, sets me up, flies home to be with the kids, and does the same thing on the tail end, you know, flies down, packs me up. He's so helpful in that way. He had, he probably built, he's probably responsible for half the work that went into building this, um, the shop. And my kids are still young and I only have one little girl. She's six and she always comes out and tries to, you know, help me make boots, if you will. But um, for right now, we're just so crazy busy, all doing our own thing. And, you know, we come together for meals and, and, uh, thank goodness I'm right in my yard. You know, my house is just here. And so I'm, I'm definitely present, but it's a wild, wild world out here with two businesses and four kids. Yeah. That's, a, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. So how do you balance life as a mom and as a successful business owner? I've recently decided, you know, sitting down with my husband and we discuss the things that, you know, I always say something's got to give, you know, I'm up till 2am some nights. And so we've sat down together and talked about what we can do or what I don't need to do or what I have to do, um, in order to make it all work. And one of the things was, you know, housework and cooking. And there's this great family that lives close by that, um, I hired the oldest girl to come over. And, um, on Mondays she does like a five hour deep clean of my house. She does all of our laundry and that's a lot of laundry. I mean, four kids, my husband, myself, and she does our laundry and then she cooks dinner and it was so good. It was working so well, but it was like, well, what about the other six days of the week? So now she just comes over three days a week and she does like a tidy up and a cooking of the dinner. And we're always so excited to come in and the meal's ready and it's just worth it. You know, she's $20 an hour and that's a lot. And I, I do know that, but it's also, I, I can't do it all. And I had to accept that. And I, I absolutely am not ashamed of that. It's, it's real that we only have so many hours in the day and I would rather come in and enjoy the, the, the meal with my family, having it done and ready than stress about it and be like angry at dinner. So yeah, that was a really huge, huge thing for us. And I, now I'm just, you know, trying to get to five days a week. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see. Baby steps. Yep. What has this business done for the community of Harrison? Do you feel like it's kind of helped put it on the map in a way? Um, I don't, it's funny. I, I'm sure everyone else would say so. Um, I mean, the post office is, I'm the number one postal, you know, I'm the number one in and out for sure. And they've told me that. And that's, that's wonderful because it's just a one woman show over there and they, they are so helpful and good to me. Um, and yeah, I mean, when people come here to shop or they come here for an event, of course they'll fill up their gas here and they'll eat here and they'll, you know, go up to the pony bar. And so it's, it's just, always going to spread. And what I love is, you know, like Amy that works for me right now, she, they moved out here and she was working in Bozeman. She was having to commute every day. She has three kids. They're in school, busy. And I was able to hire her and now she can stay home and it's just more time spent where your time needs to be spent. So that's another reason why I'm so trying to get somebody or two people here so that we can all you know, this community will grow because people don't have to leave Mm -hmm. because there's no opportunity. Yeah. What do you love about Harrison and your life here? 
Um, it's so beautiful. Um, we're so lucky. I mean, this, that's why we have these huge windows in the front of the shop so you can see hollow top mountain and, um, it's just, uh, it's picturesque and quiet and we're right on the highway. So we do get the traffic, but it's also like very peaceful. And, um, I love it here because we can, I can stay really busy and, but stay focused. There's not a lot of distraction, um, and you know, the school is K through 12. Um, so there's like 70, may, maybe not even 70 kids. We have a, we have great teachers. My kids are in class sizes of like five and seven kids. Um, there's just a lot of investment in the kids in the community. And I just, we would not want to be anywhere else. And, you know, fashion in rural Montana isn't, it, it's hard to be a designer and to live in rural Montana. That's just a fact. But the pros of everything else that we have going on here is why we will be here until we die. Like I'm certain. So that's great. What's next for you in Candy Boots? Well, I, now that I have a store, um, I'm able to carry other things. And I was always, I mean, for eight and a half years, I only sold boots. I sold nothing else. And I was fine with that. I mean, it was great. It was, but now that I have a store, it's like all the things that I love, I have so I have control over that. I can curate this place to be the things that I love, things that I've discovered on my travels. Um, and then, you know, people can make this like a destination shopping experience that isn't just boots and people will come out and drop off their boots and they'll, you know, try on hats or they'll buy a purse or, that's really exciting to me because I don't, I, I want it to expand to be kind of head to toe and now, yeah, hats, boots, that's head to toe. So it's, it's great. I, I enjoy it so much and I love discovering things that I want to put in here. Yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah. Uh, how do we follow along? And if people want to send in their boots, how do they do that? So I'm on Instagram at Canty Boots. I'm on Facebook. Um, it's Canty Boots MT, like Montana. And we, yeah, please do follow along because we always post really exciting things or promotions. Um, obviously the launching of any new products that we carry, um, and to send in your own boots, um, on my website, cantyboots.com, you can click on custom and it will sh give you the steps, you know, like including your info, making sure there's no zippers. I just don't cut zippered boots or lace up boots, but everything else is pretty much a go and it will walk you through that. And then there's also my address and how to ship and what to expect. So yeah, I, I love, I really want to make everyone's boots. So that's great. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes and thanks for being on the podcast. This oh, has been great. Thank you so much. I'm honored. Thank you. Well, I love Nikki's perseverance as a business owner, from establishing her trademark to pursuing the stores she knew were the right fit for her product. Her new store in Harrison is amazing, and so is the view from her front window. So definitely stop by next time you're in the area. And be sure to check out the show notes to see her designs and to order your custom candies. Thanks to Nikki for being on the podcast, and thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.